Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, resumes for consultants and project managers. Here we go. And we put out a lot of advice on resumes. Are there modifications of how one would approach their resume depending upon the type of job they had? Is that fair? It depends on what you mean by modifications, but there are cases where we feel like specific guidance is necessary because we see too often people doing them poorly. I mean, I'll give you an example. People say to us all the time, well, I'm in graphic arts, so therefore I need to have a really beautiful resume. <laughs> right, right. And in fact, recently we just had a situation where someone followed our advice for a graphic arts job. And the company said what we said, which is, no, your resume should be a reverse chronological history of your work experience. And then in the event you are good enough based on professionalism and skills and abilities and accomplishments and so on, then if they want to look at your graphic artist abilities, they'll ask for your portfolio and they'll interview you about your portfolio, which we don't have guidance out on yet. But still, I mean, everyone says, oh, well, it would be different if I was a graphic artist, you know, I'd have to look at the color of the paper. No, not so. We should be a little bit more specific about this. Now, this doesn't prove that our stuff works, but it certainly is strong evidence that it does. This particular right. person followed our advice to the T. Folks, one-page resume, the whole deal. The resume wasn't beautiful, wasn't a graphic artist resume in the sense of it looked pretty. This person interviewed for a job. There was one position opening. There were over 200 applicants for this particular job, and she got it. Yep following our advice. And if you ask her, she'll tell you because she followed our advice. So, sorry, that yeah. sounded like a plug, didn't it? But <laughs> well, it's a plug in the sense I want I want folks, you know, our listeners, we care. We want you to have the best opportunity to get the job of your dreams. And if you want the best opportunity, follow this advice. It works over and over again. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the type of jobs are folks that ask us for advice and think that their resume is somehow different is those who serve as consultants or project managers. So let's focus on that today. Yeah. In fact, this is the first in a series we're going to put out over time about how to apply our guidance to particular careers or job titles or times in your career. We've noticed from the resumes we get as part of the resume review service, and frankly, from resumes people hand to us and say, what do you think? that there are areas where it seems more difficult to apply the advice. And we want to give extra guidance for those areas. So in the event, you know, the common mistake that we hear with consultants and project managers is I need to list it by project, which is just false. It, it, it's completely wrong. Or in consultant uh, case, what they do is they, they list it as if they work for seven different companies, right? And really it's sort of a project resume, but but they're listing as if they were a project manager at X and then a project manager at Y and then a project manager at Z, when in fact, they all worked for consulting company A. X, Y, and Z were all with consulting company A. So we have three simple recommendations, the, the titles of which are, are pretty general, but we'll get very specifically into details and just very quickly. But three recommendations. First, you've got to think of your job as a consultant or a project manager, and that's the job. You've got to think of your job that way. 
Okay. And that allows you then to write the right job description, which is the prose paragraph that starts before your accomplishments. Point two is you describe your responsibilities at a high level for that job as a consultant or as a project manager. In other words, what are you responsible for as a project manager or what are you responsible for as a consultant? And then the third point and the thing that makes it all work is you create accomplishments from your projects. Your resume is never about projects. It's about the job you have. Even if your job is a project manager, your resume is about your job and how well you did it. I've said this probably 50 times, maybe maybe 100 times on air. I've said it 1,000 times, maybe even 10,000 times to people. What your resume is supposed to be is a list of the jobs you've had and how well you've done them. Okay. And if your job is a project manager or consultant, it doesn't mean you then forget about your job and describe the work that you did and make the resume appear to be about the work that you did. Regardless of what anybody else is telling you, that's wrong because you don't want to confuse people about where you worked and what you did and how well you did it. But if you rearrange your resume based on projects rather than on your job, even if your job is projects, you're going to confuse people who are going to be looking at it. And what have we said over and over again? Communication is what the listener does. If you're writing something, communication is what the reader does. And recruiters and managers and hiring managers all look at it from a standpoint of the job you were in and how well you did it. Absolutely. Which leads us right to our, our first point, which is thinking of your job as a consultant or project manager. This particular one has driven me crazy over the years, particularly when I was running a fairly large program management office. The biggest mistake consultants and project managers make when creating the resume is thinking of their job as managing project A and then project B and then project C and on and on. They think of each of those projects as different jobs, and then they want to create responsibility paragraph for each as if each were completely different. Right. I saw one person's resume. You would have thought this person had been working for 20 years. The entire first page covered the first 18 months, and then they had a four-page yeah. resume. And it was just a repeating set of responsibilities. What a bunch of space wasted, right? Of just repeating the same information over and over. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, is that people say, well, I'm a project manager, and so therefore that's how I should organize it. And I said, well, okay, but how did you get there? What was the why? Why do you say that? I mean, let's be clear. The people who are reading it want to know who you work for, what job you had, and how well you did it. And if you're a project manager, if you're a consultant, your job is project manager consultant. And the question of how well you did it is, how much value did you deliver to your customers? Not whether or not you completed the project, but what the value of your work was to the ultimate outcome, either your company or, or some other company. If you think of each project as different jobs and create responsibilities, per, it's like Mike says, it's going to be gigantically long. Companies want to see your career based on the job you had and how well you did it within the company you were in, right? And the rule of listing your job and then how well you did it, right? Organizing your career by job title and company and then thinking of each job as a solid block, right? If you don't get that, you'd be surprised how many errors that come out of this. There are several different times in people's careers. I, I'll never forget the guy who says, well, I've been with the same company for 15 years. I'm afraid that the person who's reading it is not going to be able to tell that I was with the same company for 15 years. I said, well, first of all, you don't know whether that would be good or bad to the person who's <laughs> yeah. doing it. And so you've got to be first truthful 
And in fact, I, I think I said once before, I may have said it to a client, I, the comment was, all resumes must be persuasively truthful. Not truthfully persuasive, but persuasively truthful. In other words, the core of the resume has to be true, and then we have to make it as persuasive as possible. And people, what they want to do is they want to hide their weakness. And then what they do is they change the way they present it in order to hire the weakness, hide the weakness. In doing so, they create another weakness, which is the recruiter can't tell what they're looking at. The manager can't tell what they're looking at. The meta form of your resume doesn't make sense to them. So then they start looking harder and then they end up finding what you're trying to hide. But worse, they don't like the fact that they had to work so hard. And of course, by then you're in the no pile. So companies, recruiting recruiters and hiring managers all think the same. What job has this person had and how well has this person done that job? And when it comes to project managers and consultants, it's a matter of what was your job title? What did you do in that job? And then how well did you deliver for the projects and the consulting opportunities you had? In the majority of cases that you worked, each project isn't all that different. But then if you have to come up with a responsibilities paragraph for each one of those, each one of those projects, your resume gets very boring and very long. Yeah. How different is it? If you're a project manager, for example, you scope projects, you set deadlines, you ensure that the deadlines are met, you manage staff and budget, you've dealt with stakeholders and customers, you've communicated. The responsibilities for all your project management jobs are fairly similar, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter whether the project is construction of a building or the implementation of an IT system. Project management is similar in both of them. You know, on the same way, consultant understands client needs, prepares a plan to meet them, manages staff, budget, deals with client issues, delivers the promise outcome, whether that's a two-year consultation to an electric company or a two-day consultation for a small or medium-sized business. The skill set and the overall aim is the same each time, and it's that that recruiters are looking at, Okay. Changing the approach, changing the way you present it means that instead of having to describe each project as a separate role, which takes up lots of space, we can use a single responsibilities paragraph to encompass all those projects and then use each of the projects as an accomplishment. It saves space, makes more sense to the reader, and they're going to see your time at Bain, right? McKinsey or Bain or something like that as one single role, not the series of different projects that you do. Simple. And like you said, describe your responsibilities at a high level overall. Construct the responsibilities paragraph by using your first sentence to describe the overall aim of your role, right? Right. For example, as a project manager, that might be something like deliver worldwide infrastructure implementation and upgrade IT projects. Or as a consultant, we might say provide advice and guidance to C-level executives of multinational Fortune 100 companies on mergers and acquisition targets, right? Yeah. That's the first sentence. And then you break down your responsibilities in order to create the rest of your paragraph. Think of the responsibilities that are common to all of your projects or all of your consultations, right? For example, maybe it's managing staff. Early in your career, it may not be that, okay? Managing budgets, planning, goal setting, milestone setting, documentation, delivery of documentation, client management, stakeholder management. Look, you don't need to list activities which you carried out on only one project or only one consulting engagement unless that particular activity is needed in the job you're seeking, in which case you would include it in that particular version of the resume that you sent out to that one particular company, right? Every responsibilities paragraph needs to include scope. 
Scope is something that a lot of people miss. The job description, how you describe your job, should give the parameters, the size, and your ability, how much you were entrusted with. Okay, So we want to give the reader, the hiring manager, an understanding of the size of your role. We know budgets and staff numbers tend to vary when you're working on projects. So you're going to have to say something like up to and give the largest budget you've handled or the most number of staff that you've managed. Don't worry too much as a consultant or project manager about exactly how the number of staff should be counted or whether this person who is part-time on your project counts or not. If you're a project manager and you're a high C, and so I'm guessing you might be in the IT world or in the software world, (laughs) and you start saying, well, do I put 2.5 or do I put 2.75 because I had a quarter-time person and a half-time person? No, just put up to three. Nobody's going to have a problem with that. Now, look, if you have two part-time people for three weeks only, on it because you're collating documents on a year-long project, you don't put up to two on that one, okay? Because that would suggest that up to two lasted for that whole year, and that would be a little misleading. We're asking you to use common sense about the parameters and the scope and the, the impression that you will leave on the company. You don't need to worry, though, if you put 2.5, if, if you if you had two and a half people for a year, if you put up to three, that's not the end of the world. Because even though that 0.5 person was half time, you still were managing three people. It's just that one of them was half time. Okay. So the idea is if you've thought of them as belonging to you, or even better, you did project manager one-on-ones with them, you count them. The point of this is we want to understand some scope of the responsibilities you had. How much budget, how many people, the size of the client, the length of the contract, the dollar amount of the contract. If you were managing $50 million contracts or engagements that that, um, were costing $50 million a year to your clients, that's something you should put in as opposed to a million dollars if, in fact, you believe it makes a difference. If the total spend of a project that you were on, even if it wasn't your spend, in other words, it was it went to other departments, whatever, if the total spend was $50 million or $100 million, you would list that even if you didn't control $100 million. The idea is, again, give us the parameters, the scope of the work that you were doing overall. Now, if you had seven projects over the course of a year and they gradually got bigger, then the last project, the up to number, if you started out in January managing two people and you had five projects over the course of the year, and at the end of the year, you had a three-month project in the fourth quarter that you managed 22 people on, you would actually put in that job in that job description, in that responsibilities paragraph, up to 20 people, right? If you had 20 people at the end of the year, you would put up to 20 people, even if at the first one, you only had two or three. And when they ask you about the accomplishment that you had in February and March, and they say, well, were there 20 people on that? They're not trying to ding you. They're simply asking how many, because they know that the technique is to put up two, and they know that there's some leeway there. You say, no, on that project where I was delivering this particular implementation of this particular interesting piece of hardware, I had three full-time people for about eight and a half weeks. That's not a ding on you. That's not you trying to say, I managed 20 people for a year. 
hiring managers, recruiters, executives know when they look at a project-based resume, they're still seeing your job. They know there were projects within that job, and they know those various projects had different scope and parameters, and you're going to describe them as broadly as you possibly can. Okay. What they hope to see, and what we'll talk about in a minute, is accomplishments that prove how well you did it. And look, if you had two in Jan- two people working on you in January or working with you in January for $50,000, but in November of that year, you had 20 people and a budget of $1.9 million, that matters. And you would talk about that when you gave an example of an accomplishment that showed that um, you had a million dollars rather than $50,000 or $20,000 or something like that. Right. So for a particular job, you have one responsibilities paragraph, right? Right. And then here's the key is, the projects, and you would know, say you had seven projects, from those seven projects come the accomplishments. That's where the accomplishments go. Yeah. And let me let me just mention one more thing about, about the job. Suppose you had four jobs as a project manager at company X, okay? The way it would look is each one of those jobs, I think I said four, right, in this example. So we've got four jobs over the course of, let's say, three years. I'm making this up. Um, I don't intend to imply that somebody did well or poorly by four jobs in three years. I'm just using that as an example. You've had four jobs at company X and you were project manager. Maybe you were project manager one and project manager two. And maybe somebody told you you're not supposed to separate project manager one from project manager two. We don't do that here. That's just an internal accounting thing. These are all just project manager jobs. And we know you're a project manager three, but don't tell some other company you're a project manager three because they won't know what that means. Well, frankly, we wouldn't recommend you have three years as just a project manager if, in fact, internally, there's a distinction between one, two, and three. You might be project manager one for nine months and then project manager two for 15 months and project manager three for six months and then project manager four for 18 months. I don't know if that math works, but <laughs> right, that's okay. And you would have to describe how one, two, three, and four were slightly different. Could you put project manager, one job over the course of that three years? Yes, you could. And you could have as an accomplishment that you were asked to work on, you know, or noted for high performance and asked to work on notably bigger projects. You could do that. And you would still write whether you wrote one job or four for each of those four jobs or the one big job, you would in the time that that job, whether it's project manager one for six months or one project manager job that lasts three years, you would still list the biggest project, the largest scope you worked on with the understanding that there was probably some scaling up to that at some point. Is it possible that you had your biggest responsibility on your first project? Yes. Is it possible you had a project last across two jobs? Yes, in which case the completion of that project is listed in the later job, the one that you finished it in. So if I'm project manager one and I've got three projects going simultaneously and then I get promoted to project manager two and one of those projects continues, I would not list it in project manager one job unless there was some major milestone that I achieved that delivered results for the client. Otherwise, I would list the accomplishment of it in project manager two job. Okay, sorry. Little off track there. No, it's good, but these are the kind of questions folks. Yeah, have, the detailed you know, questions that people want to know. Yeah. Jobs, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the accomplishments that then yeah. one would list under the the job description. Yeah. Before we get into it, I just want to make a point. A lot of people are listening. They may not have heard the original resume guidance. I just want to touch on something here. If you don't know now that every job on your resume should have three parts to it, 
every listing of a job should have three parts, which is administrative stuff, responsibilities paragraph, and accomplishment bullets, then you're a little bit behind the power curve on this cast. And we've got a cast called Your Resume, and there's a bunch of other casts related to resumes we encourage you to, to listen to. Okay, But briefly, I want to explain this. If you've had three jobs in your career, then you should list though if you're 26, 27, or 22, or 23, whatever, however old you are, and you've had three jobs, each of those jobs looks very similar in structure and content, almost eerily similar on an effective resume. Whatever you've been told other than that's different than this is wrong, okay? We don't mean to be rude. We don't. We wish everybody would see it the way we do, but we've done tens of thousands. Doesn't everybody feel that way? Yeah. Well, look, uh, you know, I mean, I had somebody once say, you know, I talked to my mom and she said this. And I said, what does your mom do? I said, well. She's a nurse. She was married to my dad for years and she was a nurse and she, you know, she interviewed a few people. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? You know. So look, Wendy um, has reviewed tens of thousands of resumes. I have reviewed tens of thousands of resumes. Mike has reviewed thousands. Maggie has reviewed thousands. We've interviewed tens of thousands of people between us. And we know what companies and hiring managers want. What they want is a reverse chronological description of the jobs you've had. And for each job, they want to know when you were in it, what the title was, who you did it for, and where you did it. That's the administrative portion. And then you have two to three to four sentences, depending upon how long ago it was, describing the responsibilities of the job, not how well you did them, okay? Now, mind you, these are not bullets, okay? If your resume right now looks like nothing but bullets, your resume is wrong and it will be thrown away, okay? Because what you've probably got is a mixture of things you were responsible for and things you did well in those bullets. Well, think about that for a minute. Imagine that I wrote a sentence that had nothing but verbs in it. Well, that wouldn't make sense, would it? Why not? Because in, at least in, you know, in American English, you have a subject and a verb and a, a, a predicate, right? You have an action, you have something or someone doing an action to someone or something. That's kind of how sentences work. So just having three verbs, although technically you could have a sentence that says, go, 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 guys, I know that, okay? But if I had nothing but verbs or nothing but nouns in a sentence, you'd say, well, gee, that doesn't make sense to me. The same is true of resumes, okay? When you are trying to describe a job, it's got to say some admin, when you did it, what, you, what the title was and who you did it for. Then you got to describe what the responsibilities were. How big was the job? Recognize this, if you have nothing but bullets, and all they are is responsibilities, and you don't have bullets separated as accomplishments, we might well assume in a bad, if we're in a bad mood, that you got fired from that job because the person who got fired from that job didn't have anything good to say. So they spread their, their responsibilities out as bullets, implying I've done all of this stuff. When in fact, when you read it, it doesn't say they did it. If you're responsible for X, that doesn't mean you did it. It means you were asked to be responsible for it. If you got fired, you didn't do it. But you can certainly list the responsibility. It's true that you were responsible for it. So every job has to have a responsibilities paragraph. We want to know whether project manager at your company has people working for him or her or not. And that would be in the responsibilities paragraph. And then we want to know how well did you do it? The accomplishments are really what makes your resume sing. But unfortunately, in the modern world, somehow the, the lack of knowledge about resumes means that 
I just list all the things I was responsible for and some of the things I did well as bulleted things. And frankly, most people haven't done the hard work of really digging through their background and bullets make it easier because you can put one bullet per line. Whereas if you have four or five sentences in a prose paragraph, it takes up a lot less space than four or five bullets. So what you do after you've got the administration, after you've got your responsibilities paragraph, now you're listing bullets. This is the only place on your resume where you have bullets. And a bullet says to a recruiting manager, a hiring manager, a recruiter, an executive, I did this well. Here is something that shows you how well I did my job. Remember what we're asking, what jobs have you done and how well have you done them? The bullets say, this is where you can learn how well I did my job. Okay. In the case of a project manager or a consultant, the accomplishment bullets are where you describe the achievements you had on each of your projects. For example, delivered $400 million SAP integration project on time and on budget using PMI principles. Okay. You can have multiple accomplishments for a single project, particularly if the projects were large. Yeah. But I want to, I want to point out something folks, because this drives me crazy. Notice that Mark did not say delivered project Phoenix on time and on budget. <laughs> no one knows outside your company what Phoenix is, right? Yeah. So even if you're applying internally, there may be newer members of staff or people who are not in your division who don't know what Project Phoenix is, even if it's the biggest project in the history of the company. So yeah. rather than leaving folks with a mystery, we describe the project. And we describe it in terms which will transfer between companies. Yeah. The hiring manager who's reading your resume needs to be able to understand the project and imagine in his or her mind, you doing that work for him or her. Yeah. Another thing that I'll just mention, we, we recommend a very specific format for accomplishment bullets because it makes it easy for the listener or the reader to read or hear in their head as they read your document. The first word should be a verb, delivered, achieved, reduced, grew, whatever. And then the result, so delivered $400 million savings, and then the way you did it. So verb, result, and then activity or action or steps you took, okay? You don't say changed business process standards to improve profitability by 3%. There at the end is the 3%, which may or may not be interesting to somebody, but you've got to say improved profitability by 3% by doing X, okay? Verb, result, activity. You've got to follow that simple format. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be hard for people to understand what was the value. If you say, well, I changed this process, I don't care. I really don't care that you change a process because some people change processes and it costs more money. Some people change processes and we spend a lot of time and nothing changes. I want to know that there was a result that benefited somebody. Okay. Yeah. All you detailed people who noticed that he said that somebody may not be interested in 3% increase in profitability. He really didn't mean that. Of course they would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I know. I somebody's it. driving them crazy. Yeah. What? yeah what? Somebody's what? like 3%? 3%. What's wrong with that guy? And then. Somebody else is pricing out there going, 3%, that doesn't sound like a whole lot. I remember the one time that the new person said to me, look, 3% is not that big a raise. And I said, you got the highest raise of anybody. What are you talking about? What? 3% is high? He said, I thought it drew like 20 or 30. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. You get the naivety award this week. Okay. Now, look, when you're creating this accomplishment, 
key point, huge point that project managers and, and consultants often do. They forget to make the focus on the outcome or on the client or on the business result. And instead, they get mired up in the project or they get mired up in the internal part of, 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 of whatever they were doing. So we need to focus it on the benefit to your business or to the client, not to the technical accomplishment that you achieved or how well you manage the project. Okay. For example, migrated procurement system from Oracle 9i to 10G on time and on budget for client X is a pretty good accomplishment. Okay. However, Achieved 3 million additional revenue and follow-on work by delivering procurement system migration system on time and on budget is even more powerful. The hiring manager wants to know that when you work for him, you'll be focused on making achievements for him, accomplishing things that have outcomes that are good. Look, we want you to be a good project manager, don't get me wrong, but we want to know the outcome. If you know it's a $50 million result for the client, hopefully you'll work harder than if it's a $1 million outcome for the result. And that hiring manager is looking for evidence in your accomplishment that you were focusing on making, focused on making your previous company more effective or more profitable rather than just doing your job exceptionally well. Because the hope is that previous behavior, thinking about outcomes for the customer, thinking about delivering results that are tangible as opposed to internally measured is going to predict your future behavior and you're going to do the same for him or for her. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty short, it's pretty direct, right? But you've got to think about projects as part of a job. The job responsibilities tend to stay the same and projects are really where you deliver your accomplishments. So wrapping up, think of your job overall as a consultant project manager and write your responsibilities paragraph that way. Describe your responsibilities at a high level and then create accomplishments from your projects. And look, folks, resumes are far more important than most of us want to give them credit for, Okay. They also follow my horseman's Christmas rule, which is if it's important to you and you do it pretty rarely, you're not going to be very good at it. We see manager tools and career tools. We see project-based jobs and therefore project-based resumes increasing in the future. You may not think of yourself as a project manager now, but if you're under the age of 30, there's a good chance in your lifetime, in your professional lifetime, in your career, you're going to have a job that is project-based. And that one job will follow this guidance, even if you don't think of yourself as a consultant, or even if you don't think of yourself as a project manager, maybe you're just an engineer, right? You've got to know how to do this for no other reason than to know how to describe a project success in your resume when you have project success. Well said. That's it. Thanks, Mark. You bet, buddy. All right, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it. A short one, but... Man, if you're a project manager or a consultant, you certainly need this. Hope it helps. We'll see you all next week.